it's playing games, but it's also work research. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Right <laughs> <laughs> off on, on your taxes. You are listening to Beats and Weeks. Hello, you're listening to the Beats and Bleeps podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. Today, my guest is composer Andrew Goodwin. Uh, how are you today, Andrew? Great. How are you doing, Anthony? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you very much for as much as you can be for a Monday. Um, so, I mean, big question to start things off is kind of your musical background and then ultimately how you progress to writing soundtracks. Um, I know you've done a lot of TV and film and then also soundtracks of video games, which is the main reason we're here. Sure. Um, I started out playing guitar, um, and I played in different bands and, uh, you know, learned tons of rock and pop songs. And eventually around 2010, um, a, uh, somebody we had met online at that time, um, was asking, does anyone do instrumental music? Um, I, I'm making a, a YouTube thing. And so I kind of like, you know, put my, my digital hand up and said, I do. <laughs> and, uh, and just, just went about making, making songs and kind of realizing at a point that I, I liked writing music period. And especially like, um, for, you know, TV and film or games and kind of realized I could do this. Um, and, and it kind of went from there, um, progressing. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the, the quick. Yeah, um, and then like obviously the game, the game you've worked on, Final Space Rescue, that was kind of a byproduct of of the TV series Final Space. So how did that come about? Is that through that same relationship? Yes, yeah. So after working on the show, um, the he found Olin found out that a company had been kind of developing a game, um, and that they were kind of going to get ready to to put out or pitch and he found out about it and got in contact and kind of helped them get, um, said I could get, you know, maybe one or two of the composers from the show. I can get you some voice actors. Um, so he got a bunch of people on board to help out with it. Um, you know, cause it, it looked cool like that. You know, what we saw initially was like, Oh, this is really neat. Like, yeah. you know, like, I guess I see ways we could like help you guys out. Um, you know, and kind of like get some of the vibes from the show, um, into the game. So, um, that was a really, really fantastic opportunity. Like, super great uh, company, Grab Games, to work with. So there, for those people that don't know, like Final Space Rescue, it's a VR game. Obviously, was that, I know, I think the, you you mentioned there's, there was a game you worked on before that was never released, um, but it's Final Space Rescue kind of the first complete project you, you worked on from a games perspective. Correct, yeah. So it was, it, I've worked on tons of film and TV, like, a documentary, two films, two, you know, like tons of stuff for like years, um, and recorded tons of songs. But that was like the first actual game that got released. Um, there's a a dev company, uh, just you know, two guys starting out, and they they had a concept, and after about a year, they just kind of <laughs> decided they didn't want to didn't want to really pursue it anymore. It's just thought, you know, it's, they were they were really great people to work with. Um, but you know, it's just trying to. Get, trying to get footing and and get involved and meet people in the industry so yeah 
I mean, was there much to going from like a film and TV background, much to kind of from your perspective in the way you write and think about music to think about differently from a games, you know, like sort of looping and that sort of thing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I in general like tech as well as just being creative at that side. So that, that part didn't really scare me. There's still a lot to learn. Um, but, but yeah, thinking in things of terms of like, how will the sound after I listen to it for a while? Um, it doesn't sound too repetitive. Um, figuring out where a loop point should be or how you should do it. Um, and then, you know, maybe how many layers it should or shouldn't have. Um, just, just things like that. Those are different. Um, the, the main thing is just that with film and TV, you have a start point and an end point yeah. <laughs> to your song. It's really easy to map that out. Um, and, but you're also very locked in by that. So if you come up with a, a great, you know, chord progression or melody, you might not have time for it in that scene, you know, and you have something you have to be aware of ahead of time. But in a game, for the most part, you have that freedom of space. You know, maybe the player won't hear that all on that section, but maybe they'll hear that in another part of the game where that yeah. song plays. Um, so it's a lot more free, you know, but also scary because then you don't have then you have to write something that, you know, if they listened all the way through, it would hold ground. Whereas TV and film, sometimes the benefit is that <laughs> you only have 30 or 40 seconds and oh, I've only got time for two chords. Okay, well, that's easy. You know? <laughs> um, if you do your pre-production, you know, it's not that bad. So there, there's kind of give and take to that. There's like more freedom, but sometimes, you know, more freedom um, is a lot more work. Um, but that can be more fulfilling. So, Yeah. I, mean, I guess in like with with games, you know, you can be in an area for X amount of time, and it's like a bit different from what you're saying. Like a film, you film TV, you might be writing something for a thirty second piece, and then a game, if you write a thirty second loop, it's thirty seconds. But then in the actual game, someone might be listening to that for ten minutes theoretically. So it's like a different challenge. Yeah. So so one of the big questions I learned was. <laughs> you always want to ask on on the the cues, especially if you're not, you know, depending on the stage of development of the game, if you're not familiar with it or with the type of game it is, how long do they expect, you know, maybe the dead team expect that the player could be in the area? Yeah. You know, and you, you obviously have to just make a, a, a kind of a guess or maybe with testing you can kind of figure that out. But I, I wrote like, hey, I did a mashup of two songs from Final Space for the, uh, the menu on uh on the game and it was about three minutes <laughs> 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 it was kind of like a grand finale i wanted to you know i kind of didn't have to, you couldn't really do that in the show necessarily it didn't it just didn't make sense but i just wanted to do that um and, and it was great it's kind of a personal thing but i and then i realized that oh when i played the game i was like oh i was there for like 10 seconds <laughs> <laughs> i could have just made like you said a 30 second loop and it probably would have been okay so that that's a kind of a question you know I need to, you know, I want to, I want things to be good and I don't want to like skimp, but at the same time, you know, you have to be a little logistical. So that would be an area, you know, if I could have spent less time on that, maybe I could have spent more time on a different area where you're going to spend more time in. Yeah. Um, but just yeah. kind of figuring things out. I mean, I, I feel the going hard on a menu screen is, is a, is a mood 
<laughs> I think I think that was a big thing with when Starfield came out or Starfield um, it was kind of one of the AAA games and someone would be like oh this game's not going to be very good because here's the menu screen it's like that's literally not how you decide if something's good yeah yeah I mean, yeah it's I mean yeah like different games I, I think some games will do like uh, Path. I, I forget which song it would have been but it, they're the the latest one, Octopath Two. The menu song is like really long, but yeah. they do have like it like shows the menu for a bit, and then I think it starts showing you know scenes from the game essentially. So it's kind of like a trailer involved in it, and that's how they they dealt with that. Because um, sometimes I would just turn it on, and listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a weird case. You don't know, think most people are just going to click, you know, continue game. Um, so. I, th- I think there's those there's few menu screens you can just leave on in the background, like the original Xenoblade Chronicles is one for me. Yeah. Just the nice panoramic view of the Monado in the ground. That's that's some good stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's a great game. Yeah. Um, I mean, with uh, other thing with Final Space Rescue, that kind of an, uh, another interesting thing that you to maybe from a composing perspective obviously it's a vr game so is that like another thing to tackle in terms of how the music worked um this particular one was not um it could be um it absolutely could be we you know just because of of time we're just trying to keep it simple like just do kind of two minute loops um there were some singers for certain things um but mainly we're just trying and this is something that i'm kind of trying to develop my own sense of like how i'd like to approach games like if i get offered certain opportunities but i kind of am always more towards getting the writing good music and making sure that the emotion is getting across yeah and if that involves me writing several layers or coming up with some cool system where it the music switches to this version when you go here and this version when you go here and and switches keys when you do this if that you know ramps up the emotion that the way that the you know the company wants it to then then i'm all for it i think it's great but i just don't want to get into a system like oh develop this crazy complex music (laughs) system and you're like this song is not very good man you know like so it's just it's just my focus of like always coming from the core of trying to just first just write a good song that yeah. people would like to like be in or listen to or an atmosphere that they'd like to just feel while they're playing something that that makes sense with the game and then you know use the um you know the the interactivity of the of a music system to like boost that yeah. you know um, which I think that stuff is incredible I've seen some stuff you know where it's um, you know the the music system does boost the emotion, which is really cool. I think yeah. it's a it's fully an art that's coming up. Um, so, but I, I know that's just my focus. Like I, I I'd heard the term like uh, I think it's minimum viable interactivity. <laughs> All the nerdy term was, but essentially just just like what's the what's the least amount of interactivity you need to make this game work? You yeah. know, and then work from that position. Like great if you can add something else that works, like go for it. But, you know, don't don't start out with this, like, ridiculously complex thing. Um, I, I guess just the thing of, like, writing a, a rock pop song is you don't want some crazy uh, solo on every instrument the entire time. You're just trying to figure out how do you, what's the least amount you can say to get that, that point or that emotion across. And yeah. then if you can, 
you could do that and you have space for something like that, then go for it, you know, but, um, I think that's where some of that, that thinking comes from, but I don't know, it's just, that's just what I'm interested in. So, <laughs> yeah, I, and that makes sense. I think sometimes there's the, people run the risk of making something le- something over- overly complicated to be clever rather than actually good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I found that in, you know, hearing certain things with, with music sometimes too, it, it's like, you know, it may not have been their intention or whatever, but it may, it feels like, it's like, oh, this is, they're just trying to be overly complicated, like you said, to be clever, not to write a good song, quote, yeah. you know. So um, th- that's something I take into thinking about the different things we have available with music you know um vr could be really cool there could be a lot of options for spatial stuff and different things yeah i think it's obviously more opportunities but then it's trying to find the best way to actually use them yeah 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 kind of like not lose not lose ground of like you know we we still have to have like I don't know. I, I guess it depends on the type of game, but I, I typically, I like story-driven games and RPGs. That's just kind of the thing I personally like. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's how I, I think um, it, it's like feeling certain um, ways and however that makes it work. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to talk about it. But yeah, yeah. But like, there, there's some great stuff coming and I, and I hope that like, you know, we keep exploring these different options and figuring out like what's going to work and um, it is very exciting. It is. There's lots, lots of new things coming. It's just finding out how to use them. Um, I mean, so obviously with Final Space Rescue, were you in terms of from a writing soundtrack? Did you want to keep it familiar to people that were fans of the TV series, so similar sort of tone, or because it was a game, it lent itself to you know a different style or genre of music, or a bit of both? Sure. I mean, I was trying to really keep it. Um, feeling as much like the show as I could. Yeah. Um, I, I use like the exact same, you know, um, sounds and I recorded things the same way if I recorded something. Like, even though I had kind of learned different, maybe different ways or maybe better ways to do things at that point already, um, I kept it the same just to kind of stay in that ballpark. Um, but the, the, the main difference was they, because it was a, and FPS, they really wanted um, mostly action-oriented stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and the show, the show does a lot of like slow piano and screams. Uh, you know, even during the action scenes. Um, so there were there were like a lot of songs. They're like, "Hey, we'd like to have this song in the game." I was like, "That's only thirty seconds." <laughs> <laughs> so I had to go in and like take something like that that was only meant to sustain for that long and try to like make it into something that would work for two minutes or three minutes. Yeah. Um, so there were a lot of, you know, actioning up things or some things were sped up. Um, some stuff was like, Oh, I took the, the melody and the chords and I, you know, had to like work out percussion and some different things like that. Um, there were a few new songs in, um, for sure. Um, mainly kind of like the, the, the final boss has like a theme that, like he has a theme and then there's a couple other places that plays like different versions of it. Yeah. Um, to kind of thread it in. But um, for the most part, it was taking songs from the show and just extending them. Um, and most all of them had to be <laughs> extended. <laughs> I think there were one, there were just a few that, that just worked and I just had to kind of like reformat. Uh, but most everything was taking like from, like I said, 30 seconds or a minute and extending it to 
about two minutes. Um, so it ended up being a lot more than I, I expected. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine, especially if like a lot of stuff was very short and then it's like, oh yeah, we want this sped up. It's like, well, it's even shorter then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it, like I said, it, it's like something that was written and it was like, it gets boring really quick. But it was okay being that it was short, you yeah. know. It, you know, and then it was like, oh, how do I make this? <laughs> um, but it, you know, it was good. I, I learned a lot, and um, I, I did enjoy getting to to revamp some things or, or redo it. You know, not worrying about um, where the song ends. Yeah, it's like that. That was really fun. It's like, oh, I always wanted this to be longer. You know. <laughs> <laughs> take the opportunities you you couldn't do at the time with the tv series absolutely yeah absolutely yeah it, it, like definitely the reins off of a lot of stuff um so that's cool um i mean so stepping stepping away from final space you're of a sort of um working in video game audio and soundtracks you do you've created some music packs uh, people can purchase to use for their games how how like from your perspective how did you come to write like things like that was that just a sort of like a portfolio exercise yeah kind of kind of a lot of things rolled into one it was you know i wanted a way to just make a bit of extra money yeah um i wanted a way i needed to practice writing more stuff specifically for games um and practicing looping and thinking about things like that and also a way to maybe possibly get my name out there a little bit yeah um, so it was kind of just a great way to like have a, a good reason to do all those things, like a focus point. Like, hey, if I do this, you know, I want to practice this thing. I can do this uh, thing that I wanted to do and practice it and have something to put out there that um, that's something that I also own, you know, essentially, um, as opposed to to working for for TV stuff, which you don't own anything. Um, and so that was kind of uh, that was kind of the point of just getting started. You know, like. Like, hey, you, you say you want to do this, just start doing it. Um, and so that that's just where I've been progressing right now, trying to go to different um, conferences and meet people. And, um, you know, you got to start somewhere. So. You have, you have. Um, so, I mean, with, with those, I mean, I think quite a lot of the packs focus more on, like, RPG games. So with, with writing a piece, say, say gonna, I'm going to write a desert town theme would you just kind of think of games that have something and then use that as like an inspiration or yeah yeah absolutely like it, it just kind of comes from my general love of different music from all different games um and and i would just kind of envision that or um you know sometimes i will go and grab you know just some footage from a game and uh you know pull that up every now and then and kind of use that as inspiration um, you know, sans any of the the music, but I'll just have like maybe the atmosphere, the sound yeah. effect. Um, it's kind of getting an idea of like, is this starting to feel like this? Um, so yeah, it's it's it is. I mean, because that's what you would be doing essentially yeah. with a uh, game. <laughs> and but uh, you know, oftentimes they they might have a um, you know, like a, a vertical slice or some type of you know, um, concept art or something like that that you'd be working on. But it's kind of you know, it's more abstract at the beginning. It's like you just get told an idea and then you have to go create based on it or start creating like a, a, a log of kind of like assets you can maybe work from the future. Yeah. Um, so that's just basically what I've been um, practicing. So, And I guess with that sort of thing, you don't know if that's 
ever been used for a game if someone's just purchased it that's kind of the transaction and from there that's it i mean the only way you would know is if either you found it or they told you i mean i've had a people say that they're making something and so please let me know you know i'd love to see (laughs) you know but that could be a while obviously um sometimes it takes people a couple years um especially smaller teams so um but it has been purchased a lot so we'll see (laughs) it start turning up in very weird places like you'll be watching a tv advert and it'll be like this this mine i did that yeah yeah. hey wait a minute i should have gotten you know that's a different deal for that but you know games is great you know hopefully it helps people out to to make some stuff or get started um whether they're just having fun or they want to make something you know kind of really start a career in it so yeah so i mean i before getting into games, I'm assuming you were a quote-unquote gamer before that. Um, Absolutely, yeah. I've always, I've grown up playing since, like, I think I got an NES in, like, I'm going to date myself, like, 1991. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was, like, the yeah, because it was the year before the Super Nintendo came out. Yeah. Um, I had been, like, playing on my, my cousin had, like, he was a bit older, and he had, like, they had, like, the Atari... I remember in the TurboGrafx-16, they had an NES, uh, so I'd been playing on all those. Um, and then finally, I uh, convinced my parents to give me a, an NES for Christmas one year. Is that like a certain type of games you gravitate towards, or is it just a bit of everything? Sure. I mean, for the most part, it's always been RPGs, like story-driven games. Yeah. Um, but I, I love, like, I, I 100%ed like GoldenEye back in the day. I love the. Uh, the N64 um, Mario game. Um, you know, there's just tons. Like, there's a, oh, Mario Kart's always been great. Um, this different... I've tried to branch out recently the past couple of years and play different things, too, as well. Like, I hadn't really played a, a more, like, modern platformer. Yeah. Um, and I picked up the first Ori game, really kind of based on the music. I was like, well, the music is amazing. <laughs> Let me check it out. And then I was like, immediately finished it and bought, you know, the second one, which was a, a great time to start playing those games right when they both came out. Um, were both available. So, um, and that, that's when I was like, wow, this is just an incredible platformer. This is really cool, you know? Um, and so it kind of was like, okay, I mean, you know, as a young person, you know, pre internet really, it was kind of, if your friends didn't play it, then you may not know about yeah. that type of, that you might like, you know? Um, so, you know, somebody who's working on music for games, I kind of want to at least understand the genre, um, you know, cause I could, I could get, you know, a gig on any type of game. So, um, and in general, I just like writing music. So does that have to be my favorite type of game or show to work on? Um, but it's, it's nice to kind of understand a bit about how they work or why people might like them. So. Yeah, it's it's playing games, but it's also work research. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> right off on on the taxes, <laughs> I'm researching right now. You know, <laughs> but it is in a way. I mean, if you have a sense of of things, or you have maybe personal taste of things that you like, it really helps when you're making stuff for that um, thing, or even maybe it's a different type of game, but you have experience in another game. Um, type of game, then you could bring things from that into it and create something different, you know, so it's just cover, ideas. Cover all the bases. Yeah. So in terms of um, in terms of like when you come to write a, a track piece music for 
soundtrack of any type really um how how do you like go about that say you get a pitch this is going to be for this scene i mean i'm guessing this is quite different when it comes to film and tv and games because obviously film and tv you're probably going to get the scene um but what would you do would you just kind of like think of a uh, not think of just come up with like a melody and then go from there or yeah so a, a lot of it with you know whatever they give me i would work off of whether it's temporary music that they pre-selected or images um even just a script um whatever it may be um and you know that's just that's where my experience would come in or things that i like i would just based on that i would go find things that i think might fit that um develop different sounds like record sounds um make sample libraries or find sample libraries that might work um and then just find music that I think might work as well. Like just go and research and find like different, basically make big, big like kind of like libraries of different things like sounds, yeah. uh, music that I think might work and the music they think might work and then start to make stuff based on that. Um, because once you've done all that, you really have a great idea or it's really easy. Um, if you make something, you've done that research and they say, Hey, if you want a bit more like this, it's really easy to pivot at that point because you, you've started to form an idea of, of what it could be. Um, and you just find things that way. You, you, you go and make sounds or you go and just kind of, like you said, you just try to start writing melodies or figure out chord progressions that might work. And then you just hit something, you know, at, at a point you're like, Oh, that's really good. <laughs> like, okay. You know, and then that's when it matches up really is that if it's something you think would work and you feel like it's decent and then you send it and they think it's, you know, which fit the game, then it's like you have the starting point and you're saying, oh, okay, make stuff more like this, you know, um, and that kind of starts that process of, of, I guess, both understanding, like, you understand what they want and they're, you know, like, you both understand what is needed for whatever project it is, um, but it takes that kind of, like, a very abstract, like, research <laughs> um, to come up with that. But that, that's where the pre-production is. If you have that, if you have your chords and your melodies and you have sounds and you have um music that kind of already exists that that could fit it um you really have a lot to pull from yeah um idea wise and, and then you don't really necessarily have such a blank slate the next step is just to write um write like a a big suite like what would an action cue sound like in this thing what would a sad thing sound like what would a happy thing sound? you know like you just kind of go through some of the basic stuff that might be needed for it um and then that way you you have something to pull from yeah uh, they say oh we want an action thing like cool i've got something already you know like what do you think about this um and like i said it's a place to pivot from if nothing else i guess and that's where doing the music packs as well kind of if you've got that pre-work and it's like someone goes oh we're, we need an airship theme tune it's like well here it is here's my yeah, 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 airship exactly. theme tune tool pack and yeah, that's, that's kind of the helpful thing is having all that like um, kind of organized in that way. It's like it's another easy way for me to go through and say, hey, what would you think about something like this? You know, I mean, and obviously because I wrote it, it's a little easier for me to like, quote, do a different version of it yeah. that that would, you know, fit some specs and use different instruments and things. But um, yeah, it, it's nice to have all that um, kind of kind of organized. So. 
And in terms of like actually um, producing, recording, do you tend to gravitate towards live instrumentation or samples, or is it just a case by case basis when it allows? Yeah, it would be it would be case by case. I, I think I've done um, I did several songs that were just um, only samples, more more in the like the SNES PlayStation One type sounds. Yeah. Um, just because I, I I did enjoy you know that music growing up um, and and the limitations involved just to hear like that you can still make really great stuff even with those limits um, that stuff is really fun um, but I have I have gravitated more towards live stuff um, just learning to play learning to record it's just been an interest um, to record players um, and do the the orchestra thing and all that kind of stuff um, so I'd, I'd say probably more on the, the live instrument side. Um, but I have delved uh, a bit into like strictly samples and even just lo-fi stuff. Yeah, which um, so I find very interesting as well. Um, it would just depend on the project, you know. Yeah, I think that's it. You can kind of go for whichever, so you don't need to hallmark yourself into one specific thing. You know, you've got the freedom, whichever way you want to, really. Yeah, it's like it's like you know with the. <laughs> With the the simpler sounds, you know, you you almost you really do have to work a lot harder. I feel like to get uh, certain emotions and things going. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, with a, a live instrument like a, a live flute, you can just play like one or two notes, and you're you're already there. You're already in the ballpark. You know, it's a lot it's a lot simpler. But then but then you've got to you know perform it. You know, you've got to, it's a little bit harder to create atmosphere because you've got to record it a certain way and, and do all that kind of stuff um so that you know there's obviously benefits to both but i've you know i, I thought the um was it the i it's not a little fast the the original uh zelda that was on that game boy yeah oh like okay. awakening yeah i think that's it yes i always get the name <laughs> but they you know the the remake they did um where they had like the, the whole like small like wind band live yeah. wind band playing the soundtrack but then they had a lot of um, just like Game Boy sounds mixed in as well I thought that was so cool like that's such a really cool um, idea um, a really small wind band that kind of fit that um, pluckier type sound um, with the with the Game Boy stuff that was really really cool so yeah I'll have to check that out properly i've not played the remake yet i spent i spent about about a good portion of time playing the original finishing mm-hmm. it and then about three months later they announced the remake and it's like oh, uh... thanks guys <laughs> yeah yeah no it, it was it was fantastic it, it really was at least uh, you know check out some of the soundtrack it was really really unique yeah um yeah, it sounds cool. I'll definitely definitely give it a whirl at some point. Um, in ter- in terms of your uh, self moving on, like in terms of your musical like influences, is there any sort of bands, composers, artists that you sort of attribute to you wanting to work in music, and also like your style and what you want to create? Sure. Um, I always, I mean, like growing up early was like. Um, you know, I was listening to grunge, of course, uh, but a lot of like '80s stuff because I just liked how big it sounded. Yeah, um, and that that seemed to be a thing. And then, I, you know, uh, hearing bands continue, like like U two continuing, 
to do their thing. I just always liked how big things sound. That seemed to be something I gravitate towards. So then when I got into film stuff, I was like, oh, this is great. Like everything for the most part, so, you know, a bigger sound. So, um, just things like that, that were cinematic. Like, uh, I really enjoyed like Fleet Foxes. It's like a, they're more like a folk band, but they yeah. have a very big sound as well. So like stuff like always gravitate, like Sigaross, like, um, York, like just always like things like that, that were kind of like, um, you know, ha- I guess did have kind of a bit more like a uh, film scorey type vibe to them, um, you know, earlier on. So those are things that I loved. And then I always loved growing up like the Final Fantasy soundtracks and Chrono Trigger and, um, all that stuff. And, um, so yeah, just all those things combined were really game music was always a big thing. It just wasn't very accessible earlier on. Yeah. You, you just had to, you literally would just have to play through the game again to get to that song. <laughs> <laughs> like, we would just play to certain towns just to listen to the song again. <laughs> Try to work out a way to get like the headphone from the TV into the, into a tape recorder. Yeah, yeah. I have a, I have a friend that, that said that he used to walk around with his Game Boy in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's what we had to do. We did, you know, there was a, there was a one CD that I remember getting a hold of, uh, that was a couple different songs from the Final Fantasy games. And they had done like orchestral recordings or piano versions of the songs. Yeah. Um, that was really cool. Um, so there, there were a few things like that, but that, you know, I guess it was, we, we wanted it more because we couldn't have it, you know, so. Oh, definitely. And now it's now, especially Final Fantasy, like there's however many different versions of the soundtrack. There's the original, then there's the unorchestrated one, then there's a piano collection, then there's a live performance. And and like finally, um, uh, Square Enix launched their own like YouTube music channel and sort of curated all of the games, which is fantastic. You know, if you're wanting to just, you know, some things I had never listened to, I was like, let me just, I just want to listen to this, you know, and it's proper, you know, it's not like, missing uh, a track or some bad version of it um it's a few a few things about like your your influences when you mentioned fleet foxes and cigaros it's kind of like it's it's film music but like fleet foxes i find it's like the vocal harmonies and layering is like it's almost like how nice it is it's almost like instrument layering and how thick it makes the sound is just yeah it's lovely I, i'm gonna have to go and listen to fleet foxes as well now <laughs> <laughs> And, and also I just remembered a very specific memory of um, recording game music to a cassette tape which was the PlayStation oh, nice. PlayStation 1 well this, this is where it's even weirder but like the PlayStation 1 game music which was like a music creation software thing for PlayStation is like I made a, an actual demo tape in about 1998 or something of some tracks that me and a few friends had made and we recorded it to a cassette tape so yeah that, that was a thing <laughs> that's awesome yeah I think that's going to be the new way of distributing music none of this none of this digital Spotify stuff I want a cassette tape recorded from yeah you can only get it on cassette tape yeah. like <laughs> <clears throat> just recorded from the tv headphone socket into a walkman recorder (laughs) (laughs) like whatever you know whatever makes uh makes it work like uh you know it's yeah there's there's always interesting yeah it is interesting how you listen to it that certainly obviously affects you know how you how you feel about it um 
Yeah, definitely. It's just it was just funny with the this game where they had made a big thing about making very high like the marketing was high quality sound effects and like oh yeah we've got like i can't remember with 44.1 kilohertz samples and stuff and things like this like and then it's there i'm there recording it from the tv headphone socket like cheers guys <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like but like you know it, it's uh i don't know specifically but i would guess that you know back then i don't that they possibly did they think about when they wrote these tracks, did they think about how it was going to be heard? You know, were they, they creating them with a, a high quality system involved in mind or the fact that you're going to listen to it on your CRV TV? You know, this is, yeah, I, I kind of want to retrospectively work out because that was a big thing because it had like this game had a lot of involvement with like um, quite a lot of well known like dance and house music producers in the okay. uk at the time um and it's but like i never knew the out out of it it's like you can make this track in the game but then how it goes from that being in the game a save on a playstation memory card to a on a cd to play in a cd player i never really knew what the step was in between that so yeah, that's that's something for me to take away and try and work out how this ever worked if it did how many songs were actually made on it <laughs> that is interesting yeah because i mean obviously at the time it would have been more difficult you could have yeah made a cd but there really wasn't yeah. much i mean face might not even i don't remember when that came about like would have been a thing to distribute it on like yeah. you just have to send it to your friends your family hey dad check this out you know <laughs> it's like passing around a playstation memory card and a copy of the game yes. <laughs> yeah yeah the, yeah you have to borrow the game in the in the memory card to to play it you know like the the older rpg maker stuff you i think you had to have rpg maker to play it you know it was so. yeah it was just quite funny how it's like oh it's a really accessible way because obviously back in the the 90s i can't remember how much a pc to actually make music would have been horrific amounts of money as well as yeah. you know potentially then you would have had to get like other hardware and things and it's like so like, oh here's a you know 40 pound 60 dollar computer game you can do it on it's like yeah oh, it's cool but unless you can actually release it it's kind of a bit counterintuitive yeah yeah I remember, like uh mario paint coming out um and they had, had the option to to make music in it and so many people were doing all this you know crazy stuff in it but there's there were you know at the time there was no way to like yeah i guess you could have filmed it with a vhs recorder maybe. <laughs> like you said it, it, it's like you could have played it for somebody local you know but it's it's uh you kind of just sort of just making it and that's it Playing, so. playing gigs in your local venue, taking your snares yeah. and your TV and micing it up. That would have been, yeah, I'm sure somebody's doing that somewhere, like touring around with like a, a CRV TV and Mario Paint, like for their <laughs> drum you know, like that's that's hardcore indie, you know. <laughs> if if they're not, they need to, because I would pay, yeah. I would pay good money to see that. Uh, I mean, I know I've seen some people like uh, DJing, and they'll have like a. a you know, pictures of a like a, a Game Boy or something hooked up. You know, to, to yeah. play certain. Songs, so, but. yeah, I mean, there was a big. I, I imagine there still is, but there's a big like live chip tune thing of people like having 
Nano Loop, I think it was on the Game Boy, mm. and like just playing gigs where they just turn up, plug a Game Boy in, and it just looks like they're playing a Game Boy on stage. It's like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is an experience. I mean, yeah, whatever, whatever works. Yeah. Um, it's, it's well, very... they figure out different stuff. Yeah. So. But yeah, that got sidetracked quite a bit, but. <laughs> Um, we'll move. We'll move on to the, que- uh, the the section of the podcast called Quick Fire Questions. So this is where I ask you your favorite something, and you'll hopefully have a have a favorite of it or several favorites. But we'll start off with your your favorite video game of all time. The hard one. There's so many, yeah. but I would have to say probably Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah, because um, it's sort of like saying Final Fantasy VII. In a way, you know, um, but it just, it was, uh, really gorgeous, really fun to play. The battle system was great. The story was great. Music was amazing. So it just kind of hit everything. Um, if I had to pick one. Yeah. So. <laughs> I've still not played it. And I think I've mentioned this several times now that I was originally waiting for the whole thing to be done. And the way it's going, I think I'll be like seventy-two by the time that happens. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. You know, it, it is in, in itself. It is a very you know, it kind of does have an ending. Yeah, you know, so it kind of feels like a, a game. You know, full out um, that would be possibly continued kind of thing. So, um, you know, it's a great time. You you play it right now, and then the the new one comes out in February. So that's true. Yeah, It'll probably be a good time to start it, and then find out the the spoiler that everyone knows from actually playing final fantasy 7 <laughs> yeah I, I won't yeah i won't say it. yeah i won't yeah this it's amazing i um i also played um recently crisis core yes um and then went plat went back and bought like a a you know the the report of the original seven um for reasons and um and played through that like really quick on speed mode um, to pick up some of the stuff, and I was just like, "Wow, this is so cool!" Like how they <laughs> they work together all this stuff. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, because I think like the original Crisis Core came out a good portion of time after Final Fantasy VII, so it's like I think if you played them at the time, it's like I can't remember what happened. And then yeah, like... yeah, and I, I guess that's why, and and it does, you know, it helps like round things out a bit. Um, it, it, the, I think like it was enjoyable. Like some of it was a bit goofy up front, but the last half of it was really cool. Um, but at the same time, it's like a twelve to fifteen hour game. Yeah, you know, it, it's like you can if you want to just kind of story mode it, you can. It's not, um, it's not like a hundred hour saga. So <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like you could you could do it, you know, in a, a longer weekend. Um, so it it was nice, you know. As a fan of that whole thing, it was fun to just play through. So yeah, I definitely like. I started playing Crisis Core on the PSP, but the stupid thumb analog stick on the PSP is just mm. rage inducing. <laughs> yeah, I, I never had one of those, so yeah. I kind of missed that it that it. I you know I think I might have seen an ad for it, but yeah, I, yeah. I did have any friends that had one, so it was kind of almost like a new game for me. <laughs> I was yeah. like, what is? It's well, it's one of them. Sony made two really good handheld consoles, and then no one really bought them. Um, but yeah, moving moving on with the quickfire questions. Your favorite band, composer, musician, artist of all time? <laughs> of all time, <laughs> um, man, it, I would say uh, 
It's so hard. It's so difficult. Uh, stuff. Man, I don't know. I mean, that's <laughs> a, that's the quickest, honest answer. I, I would say, um, like maybe, uh, yeah, Yasunori Mitsuda from uh, Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Cross kind of thing that that's probably that's extremely influential for me in general. Um, most of the stuff that he does, so um, yeah, that's a, that's a nice pick. So yeah, nice. That's managed to get it down to one. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I picked one. <laughs> yeah, which I mean, I think I think will probably lead us on nicely to the next one, which is your favorite video game soundtrack. Sure, um, I would say Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Yes. Uh, at the moment it's always changing i mean i love there's a lot of things i've loved recently but that that one um i think it's the type in general the type of music that i would like to write um that's why i would also say that so yeah ah nice um will of the wisps is the second one isn't it correct of the, yeah, yeah. i it's one where again i'm yet to play them and it's like oh i've i've got ori in the dark forest downloaded and it's like it's one of the next games i'm going to play so i'm really looking forward to it it's i've heavily binged the soundtrack for both as well <laughs> okay, okay okay so you're already kind of aware yeah, yeah the the games the way the story is told certainly hits just as well as the music does yeah uh, with it with animation so that was a yeah you're in for it <laughs> excellent um i mean that's kind of why i quite like having too many games to play because it's like i very rarely play a game when it first comes out and then i've got like the retrospective six months or 10 years by the time i get around to half of them to people actually go yeah it is actually really good <laughs> yeah yeah you kind of you're kind of weeding out the ones that are like ah that was okay that yeah. was fun and then you get to the ones where people are like they can't stop talking about you know x you know <laughs> so if people are telling me to play something that came out a month or so ago so uh, okay if people are telling me to play a game that came out 30 years ago it's like yes okay that's definitely a good game <laughs> yeah. Yeah. or that person's only played one game yeah 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 that yeah, that may be the case yeah, but, <laughs> yeah like, people are still trumpeting something that long ago um one was um uh the the last of us i it, like i i couldn't escape it like i would kept listening to podcast interviews or different people I would talk to and I'm like, oh, have you played The Last of Us? Like, no, I haven't played that yet. And I was like, okay, I'm going to play that because I finally got the, the PS5 and um, they had had at that time one the, I, think, I think it was the first remake of it. Um, and so um, I played that and it was amazing. I'm not a horror fan necessarily, but in general, but um, that was a really fantastic game. Yeah, I I played it free for the first time earlier this year, but also in kind of tandem to watching the TV series. So it's like, I, th- I think from doing both, my advice is you only need to do one, really. I think they, yeah. they're very, very similar. But I mean, the episode, I think episode three of the TV series is just, it's worth watching that just because that was the one with Nick Offerman was just beautiful. I mean, the whole thing was beautiful with that episode, just got me crying how how lovely that was well not lovely but how well portrayed it was yeah so. yeah yeah it, it, it was incredible um for a show for sure mm. um and going going nicely on when i mentioned tv on to the next quick fire question of your favorite film and or tv soundtrack um i would say as a recent um the soundtrack for severance um it was an apple tv show 
Um, I think they are, I mean, there's a writer strike currently <laughs> in America, but <laughs> they were, uh, they were working on season two already. Um, you know, shortly after it was airing, they started, they got greenlit for season two. Um, just an incredible score that's kind of, it, it's just, there's no specific sound. It's just piano. Yeah. It was like the core sound. It's just so simple, but it's so distinct. And he just, you hear the theme right away at the beginning and he weaves it through the entire show and it climaxes so well at the end. Um, and it's just an incredible piece of work. <laughs> I just, I thought it was great and really entertaining, but also just on a, on the music nerd side, it was just like, you know, what you want to aspire to do, you know? <laughs> so. I always feel there's like two levels to listen to something where it's like, oh, that's really, like, I really enjoy listening to it. And then it's like, what they've done is so clever. And it just unlocks a little thing in your brain. It's like, ah, that's so clever. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like when they both come together. You yeah. know, it's like earlier, like if it, if it doesn't do something, it doesn't matter if it's clever to me. Yeah. You know, but th- this was a case where it, it did something really well, but also was extremely clever, but also really simple at the same time. Yeah. It, you know, it, in a way, um, it was just so well written. Again, another thing I've not watched. It turns out there's far too much stuff in the world for me to... <laughs> that, that is very true. <laughs> I'm like, going to have to start watching things while playing games and making some unholy mashup of the two soundtracks <laughs> at the same time. It's, it's going to be weird when it's like I'm watching a Fast and Furious film or something and playing play Resident Evil and those soundtracks get mixed up. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say because Severance is kind of. Uh, I was gonna say like watching uh, Severance and playing a warrior or something because it's like <laughs> Severance is very like uh, you know kind of like creepy, mysterious. Yeah. Um, like something's not quite right, kind of feeling the whole time. And uh, you know, Ori is heartwarming characters you care for, kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, be interested to see how you can completely change the mood of something with that. It's like, oh, this is lovely, but the music is telling me something is up. <laughs> yeah, that would, that would be very different. Uh, there, were, there was one cue uh, that's uh, there's type this um, it's supposed to be like a wellness uh, center in, in the show and they go and they have to talk to the therapist and it plays this music that's supposed to be like spa music, but the the composer was instructed to write spa music, but sounded a little off, like up the <laughs> and uh, and there, and there was like lots of jokes online about like, what if you went to you know uh, a massage or a sauna and this was playing, you know? But it's just interesting ideas, you know. I was like, that's such a cool like note, you know. That's uh, cool. I mean, yeah, I feel if that happened and it's like you go to that sort of place, it's like, oh, this doesn't feel right. It's like, I am running away as fast as possible. Yeah, like, I am never coming back. From <laughs> <laughs> uh, and nicely on to the last of the quick fire questions, your favourite individual track sung from a game soundtrack? Sir, um, I-, I guess keeping in line with being simpler kind of but effective um i really i kind of always go back towards um memories of a green yeah from chrono trigger yeah um it's just simple there's not a lot of instruments obviously on the SNES. the samples are really you know limited in a way but it just hits so well um it, it just sticks with you um so that's always something to 
to kind of go for, even if you're using a bunch of live instruments or expensive XYZ. Yeah. So. Nice. Whereabouts in the game does that play? I'm just trying to jog my memory. It is, I think it's the 680. Yeah. Hit, and it's uh, when you're on the overworld. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the first town, but kind of like the second town area. It's like yeah. south of the first original town. Um, if you're wandering around there, it plays. Um, it's just, it's so great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I experienced, I think, I, I think I've mentioned this several times before, but I experienced Chrono Trigger for the first time earlier this year. It's, it, it didn't get a European release originally, and it's so much lost time and magical. It's just a wonderful game. Yeah, uh, that that is that is sad to hear that it <laughs> I'm glad that you finally got to play it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's, I think because a lot of, you know, essentially Chrono Cross was kind of like a part two of it. Yeah. It just, it kind of felt like they made this fantastic game that just was just huge for uh, a lot of younger people playing games. And it's kind of like you never got a, a part two of it. Yeah. You know, at least on Super Nintendo. You know, it was nice to play on, um, the the re-release of Chrono Cross, they put the um like there was like a almost like a text based game oh, okay. that was kind of like in addition it was kind of like after Chrono Trigger so it mentions like some of the characters from Chrono Trigger in it um and you're kind of like going through this mansion to like steal something um so that was really cool it felt like a bit of a lost thing but it was something that you would have had this device and downloaded it to it from a satellite and like played on your SNES, I think. Okay. It's really interesting. But it's like a text based SNES game oh. that was part of kind of part of the, the Chrono Trigger world. Um, that was really cool to see because it was like this like lost thing that existed, you know, that, um, you know, was like only available in Japan yeah. until recent. So I don't know about that. I do need to uh, pick up the Chrono Cross remaster remake, which yeah, yeah. Is. Yeah, it was, it was great. You know, it was, it's fun, but it was also really nice to have the option to, um, you know, do things really fast if you wanted to, yeah. or just skip battles, like things like that. So you could just kind of like, kind of get the vibes again if you wanted to do that. Um, that was really enjoyable to do. So I do enjoy that. Like, I think Square, they did it with the Final Fantasy 7, 8, 9 remakes for the Switch. Yeah, yeah. like, you can speed through the battles. It's like, ah. Oh. It saves so much of my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, I got through, I got through Midgar in like I don't know, two and a half, three hours. <laughs> maybe, you know, <laughs> like, and I was kind of like, you know, really taking my time, like wandering around to um, just. Do, but because of those options, it was it was really nice. Yeah. Um, it's like they they knew that people wanted the nostalgia of playing those games, but also they're adults now and don't have the time to. That's it. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, it's kind of like a, you only have a limited time, and it's like I'd like to play that again, but I don't have this much time, and I could you know I could do like two or three days. Um, yeah. It's it's I really enjoy that that is a thing now. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're finally making games for adults or features for adults that have full time jobs and stuff. <laughs> Unless you're making Persona, well, actually, I feel this is this is unfairly sounding like a dunk on Persona. It's not, but it's like it's like you're making a Persona game. It's like have a hundred hours out of your life for this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like certain or, or um, a Xenoblade yeah. uh, Chronicle game. Like 
Um, but they they do fair to them. They do have story modes on those. So, yeah, that's true. You know, like I, I played for like part of uh, three, and then it was like, okay, this is cool. Like, but I just kind of want to play it just for the vibe of the story. You know, um, see the different areas and, and kind of hear the music, how it works, and things like that. So I uh, I bumped up the story mode after a while, and, and you know, it was so fun. You know, yeah. I just you know I don't I didn't have time to. You know, I wanted to play other stuff. That's always my thing. I wanted to get to, um, you know, whatever the next game was at the time. Um, That's it. It's um, like, I want to experience the full thing, but also I want to experience the full thing of these hundred other games that are being released (laughs) weekly. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, you really, yeah, exactly. Like, I'd like to play a couple of games a year, not just one. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's uh, hopefully... Hopefully that kind of trend continues and makes it a bit nicer for people that have limited time to experience the f- as much of a game as they can. But yeah, so we've came to the end of the quickfire questions. So um, I kind of talked about your your past and your your present. Um, what what have you got coming up in the future? Anything exciting work wise, Andrew? Sure. Um, there are a couple things in the pipeline. Um, one is um, an animation. Um, it's sort of like kind of part of the Final Space world. Yeah. Um, they uh, Olin did a Kickstarter for last year, and so I'm working on that with um, the other composer for Final Space, Jake Sidwell. Um, so we're doing some stuff for that um, coming up in a, in a few months. And um, I've just been working on releasing some songs, um, stuff on like uh, my YouTube or my Twitter. You'll you'll see things on there. Um, just working with different musicians or a different style. So cool. Um, and what's yeah. the name of uh, the final space kind of continuation or unit th- that project? Sure. It is, uh, it's called Godspeed. Okay. Yeah. So they, they have a Kickstarter page. If anybody's interested, you can go and check out and um, they've been doing kind of regular posts every week on Friday. Um, they'll do like a post on Instagram or Twitter. They have like an account. Um, kind of showing the the art or the process. Yeah. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Is that got a an estimated release date, or is it just uh, as and when it's it's done? Yeah, I, I'm not. Sh- yeah, I, I think yeah, I, because it's how it's working with the Kickstarter. I think they they have a bit of leeway of when when they get it released. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not yet. I, not, not as far as I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I mean, obviously, people can keep up to date with the Kickstarter and things anyway. So I'm guessing it'll be there. Um, I mean, in terms of keeping up to date, if people wanted to keep up to date with what you've got going on, Andrew, what's the best place for that? Um, probably right now, um, Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm on everything. I'm on. I'm still on Twitter, X, whatever you call it. Um, I just made a Threads account. I'm on Blue Sky, I'm trying to figure out where everybody is at, you know. Um, yeah. But I try to post at least like things like if it's if it's a new song, um, um, you know, for something I can post about a project I've worked on, uh, opposed to all of those. So cool. I mean, I'll put the links to all of those social medias in the in the episode description <laughs> if people want to follow up. And probably by the time it goes live, they'll all have changed their names again. More than likely, <laughs> yeah. yes. Exactly. I like that no one's everyone's just calling it Twitter 
it's it's not ever going to be anything else yeah, it's like, very, like that's where i met you know i met um sadly i'd met you know a lot of uh game audio people in the past like two years or so and and that's kind of where everybody was at yeah hanging out you know like in between conferences and and so it's kind of like this is my home like you can't <laughs> do this you know it's really frustrating um but you know we're, we're just trying to figure out you know where like i said where's everybody at you know are you doing a discord like what are you you know um to keep up with people um so i'm i'm just waiting for that like plat time where it's the three month sustain period where everyone's actually stayed on one of the platforms to be like okay finally i'm going to that one it's like because otherwise in about six months time i'll have twitter i'll have the threads i'll have a blue sky i'll have a co-host i'll have a mastodon i'll have a other ones it's like oh. yeah you just can't sustain i used to just do two yeah instagram and twitter um and then now it's like you know there's this need for other stuff so i don't know it becomes a job at some point rather than just like a communication tool you know that's, <laughs> so. yeah that's it so if you want to post a quick like oh this is what i've been doing or here's yeah. a funny thing i thought of it's like i don't want to have to then go and copy paste that go on to another one and it's like especially when people follow you on all those platforms like yeah we've read this joke now <laughs> that, that, yeah that's a confusing, yeah and then they all have different formats and yeah like you said it's like you just want to it's like you're excited about something you just want to quickly you know like hey for me it's like i just got this crazy new instrument check it out you know <laughs> like i i'm not excited anymore after i post six times yeah. and have to format it because it doesn't fit or they won't upload a video that has to be you know um it, it'll work itself out eventually i, I imagine um you know so i'm gonna i'm gonna go back to my space i think yeah. trying to think of other throwback social medias we'll just, we'll just restart a news email newsletters you know like so that's, that's, what I, that's kind of what i was thinking because it's like do you know what people still use email and how long have we been using that for five years definitely longer than five years but but yeah email's there and it's like that's fine i'm just going to use that for for it people can subscribe to my newsletter and then they get weekly updates of my terrible jokes. <laughs> well, they, I mean, but yeah, but email is great because it's not least land. So yeah, it's true. I was in the suggestion that I absolutely, after seeing things happen over and over again, it's, you know, it's like, wow, that's, that's where the, you know, having email contacts and just being able to talk to people, whether in person or online, like on over a, a chat, uh, you know, is super important because, you know, they can just take, they can just change things anytime they want. Yeah. You know? And wow. then your whole, your whole buildup of, of contacts or whatever may just be gone. So that's it. Especially like I'm, I'm doing this from a fun perspective, but you know, if it's a business thing, you, you don't want to have the uncertainty of having things taken away from you or things change or being charged for things or, you know, obviously certain news that came out today about uh, Unity, or not today, came yeah. out last week, but like that's, people have been building games for however long, and then it's like, oh yeah, this has changed what you thought. It's like, oh okay, thanks guys. Yeah, yeah, it's like that, leap. yeah, it's like you put you put trust in that and then they can just change it whenever they feel like it, you know, yeah. and they, it's not, they don't have to ask you, you know, so that's that's just a thing with any business, you know, so yeah diversify i guess like you said like email chat in person but also you know you can use the social things but 
you don't want to lean too heavily. I always uh, fret about people who are doing YouTube stuff and they they put so much effort into it. Um, and I think it's great, but it's so scary because it's like they can just change it. You know, yeah. you don't show up in the algorithm anymore for for whatever reason, or um, you know, the all the, the whole thing with the the cop, some of the copyright strike problems. Um, and it's like these are major people that they don't even have a like a contact at YouTube for. Yeah, and resolve this stuff. But anyway, yeah. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Put your eggs in multiple baskets. I think was the the yeah, takeaway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's been a pleasure chatting to you, Andrew. Um, thank you very much for your for your time and coming on and chatting to myself. It's been really uh, really enjoyable for myself. Hopefully, the same for you. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. And I'd once again like to thank Andrew for taking time out of his schedule to chat to myself for the podcast. As always, Beats and Bleeps will be back next Friday with another new episode. You can find more information out by checking out the website or the social medias in the episode description. I would once again like to thank you very much for listening and supporting the podcast. I hope you have a wonderful day.